Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, anonymity is in the news again. Uh, as you might have heard, the New York Times recently published an anonymous op-ed piece by an apparent senior White House official claiming to be part of the adults in the room that were fighting to keep the president from executing on his own worst instincts. Uh, that has led to a new round of the president and his supporters pretending to decry anonymity in the press. Uh, this is certainly not the first time. Uh, just one of many uh, examples of this was last year. The president tweeted, whenever you see the words sources say in the fake news media and they don't mention names, it is very possible that those sources don't exist but are made up by fake news writers. Others in his administration have made similar claims, despite the fact that they themselves quite frequently are anonymous sources and provide comments not for attribution. Amusingly, just uh, a few weeks ago, top Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway tried uh, and failed to anonymously complain about her own husband, <laughs> who is a vocal Trump critic to the Washington Post. Uh, but she failed in doing that as she tried to go off the record after making her comments, uh, only asking the reporter to change the attribution to, quote, a person familiar with the relationship, unquote, uh, after she had attacked her own uh, husband in comments to that reporter. In some ways, this debate over anonymous sources in the press mirrors a larger debate about anonymity online. For years, we've heard some people argue that anonymity online was the reason why there is so much hate, anger, and trolling online. And if only people were forced to stand behind their words, suddenly people would magically be much more polite. The problem with that claim, as with the attacks on anonymous sources in the press, is that there's no actual evidence to back that up. Facebook, for example, does require real names, and yet there's tremendous hatred spewing and trolling on that site. And indeed, an academic study published in 2016, which we wrote about on TechTurt, actually found that the trolling was worse on sites that required real names. Uh, from that study came the following conclusion, uh, quote, results show that in the context of online firestorms, non-anonymous individuals are more aggressive compared to anonymous individuals. And on the flip side, enabling anonymous speech can often lead to more truthful speech, as people who would otherwise be afraid to reveal something important are emboldened to speak out. Just on TechDirt alone, we've seen that many of our most insightful comments come from anonymous commenters, and indeed the history of the U.S. itself owes a great deal of debt to anonymity, uh, as the Federalist Papers were written anonymously in the 1780s and helped influence the adoption of the U.S. Constitution. Uh, somewhat ironically, the Trump-supporting website who took its name from those papers, uh, called the Feder Federalist.com, uh, which also regularly cites anonymous sources, uh, has had reporters on Twitter whining about how bad it is that anonymous White House officials can speak out anonymously, uh, which feels very 
funny. Uh, and finally, the Supreme Court has uh, even declared that anonymity is a key part of the First Amendment. In McIntyre versus Ohio Elections Commission, the Supreme Court held that uh, banning anonymous speech itself violated the First Amendment. So while I've probably made my position clear in this opening, I wanted to discuss this whole issue of anonymity, both online in general and also as journalism sources and whether or not it's a good or bad thing. And to do that, we have our usual co-host Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy. So both of you guys uh, don't really come from the journalism world. And the last time we talked about journalism practices, I was a bit surprised by, by your positions. Uh, so, <laughs> and I didn't discuss this with you guys before we started this. So let's, let's start with uh, where do you stand on the question of anonymity, um, either in the press or, or just online in general? Hmm. <laughs> I, don't know what, that? I don't know where Dennis's position is, but I'm in danger of sort of... Uh, violently agreeing with you so oh no well forget the <laughs> uh, podcast today. <laughs> yeah, I know. shut it down it's over. um I, but i do think it would be interesting to sort of um just to play devil's advocate to go over the reasons and there are several legitimate reasons mm -hmm. why people are opposed to things like the uh anonymous op-ed that kind of uh that i guess launched the most recent uh uh, a volley of, of, of hatred towards <laughs> anonymous sources, right? Sure. Um, so I think it would be interesting to sort of cover those things, and maybe you can start, Mike, or I, I could do that. But th there's, there's, I, I think there's several good well, reasons I why. Mean, right. So the flip side of it, right, I mean, I gave very one-sided view in the intro. But the, the flip side argument is obviously if you're anonymous that there's no accountability behind what you say and – um, it's not clear what position that person is really in. Are they in a position to say these things? Are they exaggerating things? How truthful? How accurate are they? What's um, their motivations? I think that's, a, that's right. A There's thing. all sorts of questions about, mm -hmm. about the, the the motivations. Um, and I mean, the it's not just the fact that they're anonymous, right? Like it's it's the fact that they're anonymous, and the New York Times gave them a platform upon which to, to, to criticize present their the message, person. right? Because you yeah. can you can I mean I don't think anyone is against anyone being anonymous saying anything they want, right? The, the, the problem here is that, that arises is when the New York Times gives them a, a platform. Well, that's, that's an interesting point, right? So, I mean, and, and again, there are sort of counter arguments here, right? So you could say that the New York Times, which says that they know who, or at least the um, right. I mean, they're, they're legitimizing this anonymous op-ed op board, yep. right? That yep. they're saying they know who this person is, and yes. they have verified that this is a, a real senior right. White House official. Contrary to, I mean, we're now seeing reports from from generally supporters of the president insisting that right. the New York Times probably made up the whole thing, which is not something that the New York Times actually does uh, on things like this. They will get things wrong, but they're not going to make up an entire person. Yeah, um, I mean, exactly. And if you think about the utility of, of why somebody would go to the New York Times versus just publishing anonymously online, mm -hmm. it, is, it is because the New York Times has that reputation and because once you go to New York Times and they verify you are who you say you are, other people also tend to trust the New York Times because right. because of their past. Now, if the New York Times was to violate that trust, if that was to come out, what what I think is that if the New York Times doesn't eventually come out and say who this person is, and that person doesn't eventually confirm that the New York Times really that they did speak with the New York Times, right. then I do think actually that the reputation of the New York Times would be damaged in the, in the long run. But I don't think that that's likely to happen for that very reason. From the New York Times' point of view, no single story is worth it to them to sort of damage their credibility. Yeah, so well, it's, there, it's, is, there is this interesting um, 
side story, I guess, related to this, which is that, um, you know, there and, and most people outside of journalism don't understand this, but like the separation between sort of the editorial op-ed side of the house and the reporting side of the house is pretty extreme, that they are really separated. And now you have a situation where I can almost guarantee you that there are reporters from the New York Times yeah. who are desperately trying to find out who wrote that op-ed uh, and to report on it. And that puts the New York Times actually as a corporation in sort of a, a weird situation depending on who actually knows who is behind this and, and who doesn't. Yeah. Um, because you know the 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 um editorial board who made this decision because hopefully somebody i mean obviously someone has to know who this is and has vetted them and right. has that relationship right right and so then the question is you know and and so there were questions as to and like, by the way it wouldn't be one person dennis it would be several people yeah, there, not there, a committee right well, so many people know, i don't know there there it's actually not clear and so there have been yeah. questions asked about that and including like how high up it goes because right. You know, uh, you know, if it goes all the way to the top, then that's a person who who is in charge of both the the you know editorial side and the reporting side, right. and that would be a problem. Um, and you know, and so there are other issues there, which you know potentially make it make it weird because also like if it if the New York Times even even through totally independent reporting figures out who this yeah, is and, and is the first the to report it, then yeah. that that actually harms the trust of yeah, the New York it's Times. Very public, it's problematic. I suspect yeah. if someone were to figure it out in the New York Times on the reporting side, yeah. they would instead feed the story to a colleague in another paper for that very reason. It, it, uh, that might be true. That might be true. I don't think anyone would admit that. But yeah, mm -hmm. for the New York Times sake, it is probably even though I'm sure they would die for, for a scoop like that, um, the damage to the paper itself could be, could be significant. But uh, I think it is, it is worth saying that the type of anonymity that we're talking about in this op-ed is a very different kind of anonymity than the kind of anonymity that comes upon, that happens on, like, let's say, Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a kind of verified anonymity. There's a third party that you and I trust to tell the truth, who looks at the person, keeps their... Uh, anonymity safeguarded, but tells us sort of the pertinent properties of that person, so to speak. Right, right? which is, this the, is the, a senior, right? Which and, is the whole nature of anonymous sources in, in general. Exactly. Right? Uh, although sometimes it's it's you know there've been other sources from the Washington Post and uh, the New York Times where where I, I do you think I mean they they've implied that that somebody is a senior. Um, White House official when they were sort of more junior, right? Like some of these things, some of these qualifications that they that they that they quote in the articles or in the reporting are, are qualitative in some degree, right? Sure. Like and, what, and what 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 qualifies yeah. as senior versus junior? Sure. I think they sure. may take and, some and liberties there, and there, there. Yeah, and there are all all sorts of other things. I mean, another sort of recent example of this, which which shows some of the difficulties around uh, anonymous sources in the press, is is the um, uh, there's the story about Michael Cohen, who of course is. You know Trump's former lawyer who just recently pled guilty to whatever <laughs> to, to to paying lots of money in potential campaign violations and all that kind of junk. But um, the uh, uh, a, a little while ago, CNN had had this story claiming that Cohen from, from anonymous sources claiming that Cohen um, had details or knew details of the uh, infamous. Uh, Russia meeting at Trump Tower involving Paul Manafort, uh, Jared Kushner, Donald Trump Jr., and and some some uh, 
Russian folks who, who claim to have <laughs> dirt on on uh, Hillary Clinton, um, yeah. which has been sort of a central point in, in the debate. And so they had this, this article citing anonymous sources claiming that he had evidence of it. And then in that same article, they also quote or they said that they had reached out to Lanny Davis, um, who's sort of a famous sort of D.C. Uh, lawyer slash political person, um, uh, and he had refused to comment. And then it later came out that Lanny Davis was at least one of the sources for CNN and who has more recently walked, had, who had said that he had made that claim that Cohen had that information and then later walked it back and said, actually, he, he didn't know if Cohen actually had that information. And that raised all these questions about CNN's reporting because they, they did something that is definitely questionable from a reporting standpoint, which is to say that they had anonymous sources to make this claim and then said they had asked Davis for a comment and received a no comment, implying that he was not one of the sources. Um, and that begins to get into really sketchy territory around the use of anonymous sources where you sort of misreport to try and cover up who your source might be. Yeah, but it, if, if the number of potential people that could be a source um, is small enough, then you almost have to do that. Otherwise, you tilt your hand a little. <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, outright lying to cover up a source? I don't know. Uh, that that seems to go way over the ethical line of most journalism. I mean, I like I, <laughs> I, 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 I understand the theory of what you're saying from like you know a, a purely. Uh, 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 I'm not, I'm a purely information theory point. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. that's that's a purely information theory. You know, you you have to have some sort of misdirection to avoid identifying yeah. the small which of the small subset of of possible sources you are using. But from a reporting standpoint, like deliberately reporting false information, um, no, I mean that's that's bad. <laughs> it, it, it it sort of makes it so that. There's there's many situations in which you actually can't safeguard your source, then, right? Sure. Yeah, and and, and look, I mean, right. that's, I mean that, that's that's another a, that's discussion. A, that's a real yeah. issue. Yeah. Which but, is like, but, when, but what that, is the appropriate use of anonymous sources? Like maybe, and, like there are good ways to use anonymous sources, not in this way, right? Well, you know, and 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 some of that too also has to has to be played out between the source and and the journalist, and and if you are a good journalist, I mean. You should be explaining to your sources as much as you want their information what the, you know, if it depends on the situation, right? I mean, if something's sort of dumped into your lap, you should report on it that, it, you know, that is newsworthy. But if there's a situation where an anonymous source is, is sort of filling you out and, and interested in giving you information for a story anonymously, yeah. um, you know, part of that is you should you should be talking to that source about the possible consequences of this information coming out and the possibility that the person will be discovered in terms of, you know, who it is and, and what that might mean. Um, and I think a good journalist will, will talk through the potential consequences rather than, you know, in some cases, journalists with, with maybe perhaps fewer scruples won't necessarily care so much about the source. But, but I think long term, that makes it much harder for them to get sources because if you burn a source, then... Uh, others will remember that, but but I guess not not just that. But my point that I was trying to make was like, given an anonymous source, shouldn't the job of the reporter or the journalist be to kind of verify and find other sources sure. to corroborate the story? 
you know, some sure. of which would be named, hopefully, right? Um, and that's yeah, how in, I, in in an ideal world, yeah. uh, absolutely. But if, um, but if you have like one anonymous source, is that a story? Right. It it depends, right? I mean, and and this is the thing, and I know like the New York Times has struggled with this over the years, and and I I, I don't have the, sort of the most recent citations, but I do remember a few years ago where they sort of had this discussion where they were basically saying that that as an organization, the New York Times had been had become sort of too reliant on anonymous yeah. sources, and that they should really sort of move away from that practice and only. Not not completely, but really only use anonymous sources when it really uh, the situation required it. Whereas you know right. the the revealing of that information and who was behind it would be you know would be catastrophic for for someone you know and they they you know otherwise you would not be able to get that information if it wasn't anonymous. And also in situations where you know things could be verified. You know one of the issues that certainly has come up with anonymous sources in the press is that you know. Oftentimes, the press will use them, use anonymous quotes and anonymous sources, um, you know, where where it shouldn't be, you know, where basically right. just someone someone, you know, doesn't really want to go on record, um, and so they'll just you know give you the quote if you keep it anonymous, and it, so it just becomes sort of use the access, quote, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that whole op-ed was kind of like that, right? Like what new information sure. did we actually learn that was not in the Bob Woodward book? Like zero. Nothing. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, a a separate issue entirely. And and there are all sorts of questions now. I mean, I think the the general consensus is that the, you know, the person who, well, who knows? I mean, we don't know the motive, but but one of the thoughts was that it's someone who is sort of trying to set themselves up for to 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 uh, have their back padded after they eventually leave the administration right. to say, know, you know, hey, I, I was hey, fighting from the inside. Um, right. And then, you know, but but if that's the case, a lot of people think that's it's kind of backfired because generally the impression is like. Eh, you know, yeah, we didn't really learn anything new, and you sort of, you know, played yourself up as the adult in the room when, you know, come on, you know, yeah. <laughs> if if you're going to do something, take a real stand. If the, if yeah. the president is unable to to govern, you know, do something about that. Don't don't play games like and this. be vocal from about it from yeah. your your place of power if they have power right, right now, right? Like there's, there's <clears throat> it doesn't seem to really kind of coincide with what they're saying that they're the adult in the room if they're not acting like an adult. Well, it depends. On although, although if it know, turns out, like I read a theory online that said that it might be John Huntsman. And if that's the case, then it is sort of important that, that we have someone competent as the ambassador to Russia. Right. Um, and if he, if he vacates that position or if he's, if he's removed from that position, right. Certainly, yeah, but I mean, so, so the, the securities. Yeah, but the count, the counter position. argument to that is that the whole op-ed itself, like you know, it's it's just going to make him more insular. It's likely going to make lead to a bunch of people being fired, and it's likely to lead yeah. to Trump trusting people a lot less and just sort of you know going with his gut a lot more. So you know, the end result of this op-ed could could you know create that kind of mess. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's feeding. I mean, Trump has continually had this narrative of fake news. It's feeding into that, you know, that whole theme. It's giving him more ammo with which to to kind of build up that story, right? Like, I don't, I don't know and, what the New York Times and, is thinking. And, and then beyond that, though, I mean, there's there's the flip side, which is the impact on the on the press itself, right? You know, there's, yeah, I mean, ridiculous and 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 you know, legally nonsense talk of like, oh, it was treasonous to to do this, but then also like, <laughs> you know, taking legal action against the New York Times to try and discover who it is, which again, you know, is, is not going to work. But like, it's it just sort of opens up more attacks on the press itself as, as an entity. Right. 
um, w- which I think is is problematic as, as well. Um, but so let's let's take a step back away from from this specific from the, the specifics <laughs> of, of this particular op-ed and and um, and you know we've talked a little a little bit about anonymous sources in general, but uh, you know what about anonymity uh, as a whole online? Like, do we think that you know this whole idea of um, you know people being able to be anonymous online? Has, I mean, anonymity is—it's a spectrum worship. online, right? Like, sure. it's not—it's not a binary. Right? I think even on you know there's on Reddit AMAs that there's always some sort of a confirmation. You know, like that's the flip side of an anonymity, right? Um, yeah, the sort of verification. I verification. Am. You like you post a photo on your Twitter, which right. Yeah, if it looks like you and it has today's AMA date, then maybe maybe it's actually you doing the AMA, like that kind of thing. <laughs> um, right. But I, I think that's interesting to in this in this discussion to to realize that like you know, you know, provenance and confirmation is a spectrum as well online, and I think anonymity is also a spectrum, right? There's the fact that it's completely anonymous, or the same person is replying to the same comment with some sort of like a hashed like ID, or or I mean, you know, 4chan like. Chris Chris Poole with Moot has always has been a lot. I haven't heard from him lately at all, but but he used to be a big proponent of like the power of being anonymous online and the fact right. that it provides you know a, a forum and a place for people to to speak and express themselves for better or worse. Um, you know. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the whole, there's you know. there's I think there's a lot of value in having anonymous speech when the speech can kind of stand on its own because it's really the content of the speech that right. is, right. is, is, well, is, I don't know, but then maybe blasphemous, but, but you lose, but, but, you do lose the, the perspective of the person from which it's coming. Right. If you right. don't know who it's, who, who, right, who's right, saying right. it. Um, but, but, you know, in theory, people could take that into account. Right. 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 And I think that's how I mean, you're supposed ha- to use an anonymity. People are always claiming their things that they're not on Reddit and they get caught out all the time. Like there's someone will say, like, I'm not a uh, liar I'll, and you're actually a liar. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or people will say, you know, I'm a veteran and I support blah, blah, blah. And then later right, someone will go and look not. at their history and be like, you said you're a veteran now and then you were a police officer. Or there was the, the whole thing with the, uh, what was it, the Philadelphia 76ers where the, the wife of the GM was out there like revealing information about players not really being injured or, or not believing they were that injured and. Uh, there was like anonymously know. she was doing that? yeah yeah, wow. yeah well when people figured it out they actually thought it was the gm himself who who i believe lost <laughs> his job um there's like basically like somebody who you know everyone was sort of you know mad at the gm over this and that and there's this like yeah. these random twitter accounts this was actually this is kind of an interesting story but the um these random Twitter accounts all seem to come. I think there were six accounts. They all seem to come to the defense of, of the GM, but in doing so, was like revealing like private medical information <laughs> about players. Um, yeah, and then so like a reporter. I think it was Deadspin. I could be wrong, but a, a reporter got a tip off. Like these six Twitter accounts kind of look like they might be this GM anonymously uh, attacking critics of of himself. Um, and what the reporter did, which was super clever was um asked the the gm about one of the accounts and said like you know it it appears that this particular (laughs) account may have have been whatever and um i forget exactly what happened but i think like all six accounts disappeared like right after that and Mm -hmm. they had only asked about one of them and so it sort of indicated that you know that all six accounts came from the same person 
Um, and then, so I think I, I didn't follow the story that closely after it first came out. Everyone thought it was, you know, it was him. But then I think what came out was that his wife was actually running the accounts, which was also bad. Um, but you know, I or mean, she so, took the fall for him. You never. Yeah, know. also, also entirely possible. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things you don't you don't fully know with anonymous accounts. It could have been both of them together. Um, well, people often think that if they are care, they can quote unquote carefully hide their trail online but it's actually a lot <laughs> harder than people think it is yes. um, the time zone that you post from from reveals information just the way you write yeah. can reveal a lot of information in fact I think that was one of the things I read yeah. in the op-ed that said that it was John Huntsman who had been well I mean people did the same thing where they uh, they analyzed it, and, and there was an argument that it was Mike Pence because of the oh, really? analyzing the language. <laughs> I mean, you know, who, yeah. who knows, right? I mean, yeah, yes, exactly. but you're you're right. I mean, people do leave. You know, the way you write has certain sort of you know fingerprints to it, um, yeah. which which could indicate who you are. So yeah, I mean, it's very difficult to be truly truly anonymous, um, no matter what people think um so i i think there is that and even like you know i mean this is, this is talking about tech dirt in particular right so like you know we allow anonymous comments on on tech dirt and we have yeah. certain certain but, but you call them anonymous cowards yes <laughs> well if you don't fill in the name sure so but but we have certain trolls but the funny thing is like you know and there's a list of like four or five of our sort of regular trolls uh, you know and Every once in a while, one of them will set up an account, which usually doesn't last very long. But uh, um, you know, even posting purely anonymously, it's pretty easy to identify, you know, which <laughs> of the the different trolls they are uh, almost immediately. And everyone does. I mean, like all but of you our guys also. You no, guys also have IP addresses. No, but it's, it's not even that. I mean, they're switching IP addresses all the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, so but just it's, by it's the not content, it's entirely by the content. And actually, like the way the way it's set up, it's not easy for us to to check IP addresses, even if we wanted to. But like, it's it's really obvious who they are just from what they're saying and the way that they write. And you know, and, and sometimes it's little things. You know, you know, do they do they put in a long title to the thing? Do they mm. you know? Uh, do they? You're giving away your secrets. Don't do it. <laughs> No, no, it's so obvious. I mean, and everyone responds to them, and they're like, you know, we know who you are. And like, I mean, what's funny to me is like, you know, I'm, I'm amazed. I have no idea. You know, like we'll have people who respond to some of the trolls, and they're responding anonymously too. So I don't know who who they are, but like, there's a there's at least one anonymous. It's, it's actually themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't say think that? so. No, yeah. no. Well, there, we do have some trolls who respond to themselves, but it's always obvious, you know, that they're the same person. <laughs> but but uh, we have some people who who like, you know. Because some of the trolls go through names, right? So, like, they'll use a name for yeah. a while and then they'll get sick of it and they'll switch names or whatever. And, like, you know, people are still referring to these trolls from their names from, like, five or six years ago. And they, you know, other commenters remember and they're like, yeah, sure, you know, we know who you are, so-and-so. And and that, you know, but it, and it's just purely based on their style of... These are some loyal users that you have, Mike. Awesome. Oh, of course. I mean, it's tech dude, you know. <laughs> trolls are very loyal as well. Yeah, in a weird way, yeah. Having m multiple sock pocket bit accounts also is actually more difficult than most people think. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a situation on Reddit or Twitter or something like that where some celebrity was defending themselves with a sock puppet. And by the way, a sock puppet is just having another account that yeah. sort of props up your main account, right? And they were logging rapidly between several sock puppets. Yeah. 
and they accidentally yes. made a sock puppet <laughs> post from their main account. Yeah, I forget. I forget. There have been a couple examples of that, and I'm forgetting there was one. Which makes me think there's a there's a there's a business opportunity there for someone <laughs> to make like you know like run uh, run your sock puppet accounts. <laughs> yeah, really, a, a robot of some sort to run sock puppet accounts. Yeah, but um, it, it's actually. Like keeping up lies, like you know, just like in real life, like keeping up elaborate lies is like extremely complicated, right? Like, yeah, uh, and and having whole stories and narratives around sock puppets that's like extremely difficult. Most people think that they can get away with that kind of behavior because they think, okay, I'll make one post and then it just goes away, right? right. But that's not a very effective sock puppet because. Somebody who makes just one post is not a realistic person. So you actually have to go ahead and build a whole life for them now, right? Yeah. And they have to be interested in different subreddits. And like, you know what I mean? Like, it just gets <laughs> it gets out of hand. All of a sudden, you're like, all right, this sock puppet in my head, he's a NASCAR fan. So I got to go hang out in the NASCAR subreddit and make some <laughs> posts over there. All of a sudden, you're living like 30 lives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, like, yes, uh, allowing people to be anonymous does open up the possibility of you know, some people trolling, right? I mean, it makes it easier for some people to troll. Um, right. But, you know, the idea that, that anonymity is kind of the reason for which we have trolling and without anonymity, there wouldn't necessarily be trolling. I, I just, I don't think it's supported by the data at all. I mean, I mentioned that study in the, in the opening. Um, yeah. And, you know, you just see the way people act online. I don't, you know, I, I think the rush to kind of blame anonymity or to suggest that anonymity is in some way a bad thing is 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 really misleading. I mean, isn't uh, it better to have these kind of deep, dark thoughts out in the open anyway? Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, well, that's them? that's a separate right? separate issue, but an yeah. important one, too. Right. I mean, so, you know, letting people display their their true selves sometimes can can have provide valuable information. I mean, I think I think the, the real issue then comes to sort of how much weight people give different kinds of, of speech, which is kind of what right. you were talking about with anonymous sources in the first place. You know, people should, you know, you, you should weight them more skeptically. It's not saying discount yes. them entirely uh, or, or believe that they're automatically fake, but recognize the context and that this is, you know, this yeah. is not revealed and, and, and whether or not you know, there's other information verifying it, not just like your prior beliefs <laughs> and where you have just sort of purely confirmation bias. Um, but right. you know, but I think, information... you know, we've, we've discussed this theme before, which is, you know, I think overall there needs to be kind of a fluency to consume information. Right. So the fact that yeah. a piece of content is written by an anonymous author on a completely unve you know, unvetted website. Um, that anyone can come and post anything is very different than an anonymous source on the New York Times, which is very different than a named source on the New York Times. Right? Sure. So you should you should consume each piece of information um, with those facts in mind, and not just kind yeah, but, of take every well, piece of but, word, but, like every but, word. But, it's about, you know. but the counter argument is that I don't know that many people actually do that, right? <laughs> Yeah, but I can't. Right. I can't be. I, I can be. I can hope. Right. I'm. I'm the optimistic yeah, sure, one. Sure. Right? So. Yeah. yeah. I'm the idealistic In an ideal one. world. Yes. Um. That is. That is how people would would count. And and I think you know like the amount of useful information that have come that has come out from anonymous sources. I think justifies continuing. Not just anonymous. It's anonymous and unvetted. You know, unvetted, Un unconfirmed. Sure. Um. You know, just just because there are words sitting on. A website or a page somewhere does not necessarily mean that you should give them the the same weight as every other word on that page. 
Yeah. I yeah. I mean, it would be interesting. I mean, this sort of gets to a, a larger question in general of just media literacy and and what does that yeah. mean as a whole, right? And, right. And, just information like literacy. Right? Like, sure, sure. Um, you know, which, you know, raises a bunch of other questions. I mean, how do you, I, 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 we're probably getting way too far off the original topic, but like, but I think it's you know. very related. Like, like why is it, why why is anonymity seen as dangerous and toxic? It's because of this. It's because of the, well, the, I th- the lack I, I, of media literacy. Right? Maybe, like, but but I, mean, I think I think it might just be that it's easy to attack, right? So if you want to attack it, you know, it's it's an easy path of attack. Just say like basically, uh, you don't have to believe. I mean, well, you know, it was interesting going back again to like the the anonymous op-ed was like nobody denied it. They just said like, well, it's anonymous, and so it's a coward and it's treason and whatever. No, I mean, they like like Trump said it's fake news, right? Like so yeah, but it, they didn't it. deny any specifics, right? They didn't say well this didn't happen or. Or things like that, right? Well, which the, is what you, what, what you would have these, these pro- any specifics, these, though. That's it. <laughs> these these problems so. about sort of the lack of media literacy in the population are really short term problems. I think as new things, as new technological developments bring about um, a, a reason for different types of education, I think the population slowly evolves to get it right. Like I think sure. very very early in Doesn't that that seems like the, a long term problem. Doesn't no, it? like, how's that? it's short term in terms of like it's it's like a generation, right? Like we are sort of new to the internet already. Young people consider the internet like the net of a million lies, right? Like they don't really believe. Well, I mean that's that's an open question. Like I, I, I think that's probably. I, well, I think that I think there there are forces in both directions there, right? So yeah. I, I think that the people who are you know digitally native and have grown up with this kind of stuff at least have a sense that like not everything on the internet is true, right? And so they, they do approach some internet information with more skeptical viewpoints. At the same time, we really don't have sort of the structures or the education or the the ways of, of teaching people how to be literate, uh, media literate in a world where anyone can write anything, you know, uh, and, and, and historically, you know, what people are taught is, you know, with critical reading is regarding stuff that already sort of comes pre-vetted to some extent. And so I, I think that we can get to that point where people begin to have a better understanding of, you know, what is trustworthy and what is not. And I think that, you know, we're even like, there are classes now on like, how do you tell trustworthy information from untrustworthy information? But I, I don't know that we're there yet. And I don't think I would necessarily say that just because you're digitally native, you yeah. already do have a sense of that. Um, because it does certainly seem like there are plenty of young people who fall for all sorts of stupid shit. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, of course, people, the nature, the fundamental nature of human beings doesn't change, right? Like people <laughs> right. have been falling for snake oil for a long time. <laughs> yes. But I think, but the, and, I think the difference is, yeah. but there's a type of sophistication, which is like, it, it's not a sophistication of necessarily sure. avoiding the classic, um, uh, mental foibles of human beings. That's not it. But what I'm saying is the most cheap techniques won't work. And I'll just give you an example. Like when advertising was new, uh, business people used to make outrageous claims, right? Like in advertising, everyone used to just take it as true because it was written, you know? So it is written, so it's true kind of thing, right? But very quickly within a generation, people were became very skeptical of all these kinds of ads, right? Like right. you can't just make a claim and, you know, saying that this is the best car ever, guaranteed. Like nobody even makes that claim anymore because it sounds well, so old-timey old and ridiculous. The best uh, is a word is, that's used in a lot of advertisements. It's used a lot. I mean, there's lots yeah. of advertisements that do stuff yeah, like nobody, that. I mean, you know. Uh, you, it doesn't stand alone the way it used to, right? Like, uh, you know. Th- I, I, well, 
I, I'm, I'm I pretty know. sure. Maybe maybe I'm just know. speaking for myself. I, 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 but I, I think have you seen like a, a, a an axe body spray commercial lately? <laughs> yeah, but they don't say this is the you know they don't use they, they use other more subtle ways of kind of. It's not very subtle. Well, I mean, come on, more subtle than just saying that this is going to make you attractive. Okay. They kind of show. You see what I'm saying? So there's axe, always yeah, going to be the these cognitive body spray. It, ad. Yeah, <laughs> the, there's always going to be these cognitive issues, right? Oh, that uh, human beings have sure and, and, you know confirmation bias blah 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 blah. there's like a list of them right like and advertisers know that and they exploit that now i'm not saying that those go away uh, but i think over time um the kinds of things that we are the, the issues that we're having right now about like people just giving too much weight to an anonymous source that's not verified etc cetera, etc cetera, i think those kinds of problems um fade away because people recognize a particular kind of a pattern that is typically false, right? Um, and that's what they get wise to. And so it's not to say that nobody will develop new techniques, mm-hmm. and but but I think that the, the the particulars of the kinds of things that we're worried about. Um, yeah, so so I think I, I I I think I see what you're saying, and I, and I think to some extent I agree. I mean, I don't think it goes away, right? I mean, I think there's always going to be a subset of the, the population that will fall for things. Um, and 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 I should be clear, like I don't just mean like. A gullible set of the population. I think, you know, given the right circumstances, you can fool almost anyone with with certain kinds of information. Um, and so, you know, but I do think that people will learn to to be, you know, perhaps a little more skeptical about the kind of information that they're ingesting and sort of, you know, whether or not they they trust or believe. And I do think that sort of comes naturally as as the medium moves forward. Though I also think it's likely that, as we've seen, you know, there'll be different forms of gullibility and different things that people will get confused and tricked about just because that is the the nature of of human nature. But I don't think that is because of anonymity, right? And I don't think it's because of the nature of the Internet. You know, I think a lot of people just want to blame. Oh, no, I don't think it's because of anonymity. What I'm saying is that anonymity brings... A, a particular new set of challenges that for people that are trying to be media literate, right? And and, yeah. and those particular challenges are what will change, is what I'm saying. And I and I and I actually don't. I think it's overblown, right? Like people's concerns with with sure. anonymity sort of exacerbating the problems we have with media lit- literacy or illiteracy. Like I think those. The, the problems are, are of a, on a different axis than what... Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, I think, you know, I think a lot of the uh, concerns and, and complaints about anonymity are really people just sort of um, concerned about the world today in general and a bunch of the, the different aspects of the world today. And anonymity seems like an easy one to, to point you know, to grasp at and, and to point the, the blame finger at, even if that's not the real cause of it. And and I hear this all the time. It's sort of like the simple solution when people talk about like, you know, what they don't like about the internet and online culture and things that are happening online. And if they're upset about things, you know, it's just, it becomes this sort of default argument. Well, you know, all these anonymous people and who knows who they are and they're just, you know, trolling. And, and so it's all this, you know, and, and if only we could identify who they really were, then, you know, that would force them into the open and they'd be less likely to do these kinds of things. Um, I, I think it's just sort of a simple solution for people who, who haven't necessarily, um, 
you know, well, either just... who haven't necessarily heard of Alex Jones. <laughs> I mean, I, well, it, what's funny is it, it, it may be the opposite. Right? I mean, the people who believe in Alex Jones stuff may also be the ones who are sucked in by lots of uh, anonymous uh, people coming up with a bunch of bullshit also. Right. I mean, it's kind of funny, right? That the, the, the same sort of people who are uh, screaming about how evil anonymity is um, may overlap heavily with the kind of people who are cheering on this whole QAnon uh, <laughs> conspiracy theory, which is like the ultimate in, in anonymous trolling. Um, but uh, that might be getting a little bit far afield from the topic we're discussing, <laughs> unless somebody wants to dive in on the whole QAnon mess. Uh, but I'm going to assume no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think we have... Uh, wrong about as much as we can over this discussion about anonymity but it, it, you know it is something that comes up in all different contexts and i thought it was kind of interesting to discuss both you know in in terms of of you know anonymity within within media and journalism and anonymous sources but also the wider debate online uh, and we have now done that so uh thank you guys uh, hirsch and dennis for having this discussion with me as always lots of fun uh thanks to everyone who has been listening as well thanks for joining us it's always appreciated and we'll be back next week thanks Grab a shovel and pick up the tap. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get.